It's time to play the music. It's time to light the lights. It's time to meet the Muppets on the podcast tonight. I'm Mr. T, or you can also call me Tom if you'd like to. I'm a mini golf animal, Fozzie Bear fan, Holy Moly alum, and helped found the American Mini Golf Alliance with fellow alums from Holy Moly. Find all the mini golf designs, reviews, and more for myself and the Pink Putter at a acoupleofputts.com and on social media at CouplePutts. I'm Pat, and I'm the co-founder of the mini golf website and social media conglomerate, The Putting Penguin. I'm also an OG member of the Holy Moly Season 1 Club and an AMA founder, and I will also die on the hill that The Muppets Christmas Carol is the single best version of that classic ever to be put on film. Like the lamp, not the rat. And what do Muppets have to do with our episode tonight? Well, simply everything, because season four ever of Holy Moly is teed off, and it features the Muppets. So if you want to come along with this caper of a season, don't forget to subscribe to us and give us an ace of a review. And to get us started with what this episode brings, I'm going to turn it over to Tom. And we're going to do our recaps of the play in the episodes this season pretty quick. So hold on to your seats. We're going to jump right into round one. Hole number one was a new one called Trap Tease. Okay, take two in my recap of the first hole in round one, Trap Tease, because I confused my Montana people. This hole had Nick from Montana versus Stephanie from California. We had the Cosmic Cowboy versus the Golf Tiger Mom on this new hole. Nick got a better line on the cup made it into Stephanie had a good run past the cup quite a bit on her first putt and she loses Nick moves on to the second round our second hole features our second Montanan Casey versus David the German dance aficionado from Kansas City that is Irish uh, they played cornhole they both had a great run at the cup and almost nearly aced that really long hole Casey fortunately, did not get hit by the corn. He moves on with his chill method and his flute music to the second round. And Casey there, I should have mentioned, not only got close, but hit the pin on Cornhole, which might be the best shot on it that we've seen to date. Third hole takes us back to a familiar favorite from last season, Donut Hole. We had Gabriel Cruz, who is a golfer from LA, and Jamie Jacob, who's a recent pro golfer. They both hit it over with Gabriel getting a really good line near the cup. Jamie makes a great second putt and in. And as you can tell in the editing, they clearly went to a playoff and they showed one of Gabriel's putts in the playoff that he missed. Gabriel loses. Should make a quick note. I feel like this is going to be happening all season on this obstacle again. Nobody passed Donut Hole. They just kind of blew through people trying to attempt to get through it. Jamie got on to the second donut. And that's as far as anybody's gotten. Our last hole of the first round is Matt Miller and Michaela McIntosh. Matt's a comedian, but they talk about him being a pool shark. And Michaela is a photographer and designer, but they really just talk about her being really into socks. Double Dutch in Fuego, we know what it is. It's windmill blades. Matt got hit by both of them and was made into a gift. Michaela didn't get hit by either of them and almost aced the putt. She makes it in her second. Matt doesn't even get a second putt after running it a little past it. That's it. Michaela goes on to the second round. And that's our first round for our first episode. 
which set up our round two matchups. And the first hole that we got was the return of Polcano, which is only sort of kind of a return because we had the version of it that was ho-ho-hole in last season, but it's all good. Flying at a giant pole in the middle of the water, you can't complain too much. And we saw Michaela versus Jamie. Michaela's got hers up into the sand position, which is clearly the worst position that's out there while Jamie's shot went in the vaunted nice little channel on the left there and kicked out of the kiki yeah kicked out of the tiki kiki being a system I use at work and had a pretty good run at the hole (laughs) both of them had you know fairly dramatic falls into the water which is what you expect most of the time on Polcano but with Jamie's much better position and pretty good putting um, that she showed throughout the actual episode she moved on to the final and that set up two new holes one to finish out the second round and then one for our finals so the first new hole that we had or well I guess not the first for this episode but the first of the two I'm going to talk about is full moody and it sounds like, you know, we just couldn't have enough of Uranus and wanted to go with more space bodily part themed holes. And that featured our two Montanans, if I'm correct, and Nick and Casey. Uh-huh. And uh, it was it's a pretty interesting hole. We got a lot of ramps with the new holes, which is good. And it's a big ramp with a moonwalk and jump and astronaut outfits and really just good stuff. Nick ended up with an extremely bad lie after his shot. Casey had a much better bounce back, even though it was in the sand. Clear lie at it. Um, Nick just did terrible trying to walk across the moon, and Casey had one of the things that we've seen a few times over episodes where launched himself and managed to pull his way out of the water uh, and avoid the stroke penalty. And with that in the better position, a couple putts, and he was on to the final set up against Jamie on the new hole that was Hollywood. And this one is kind of interesting because it Frankenstein's a little bit of holy matrimony in the moving walkway and had a little bit of like agony of defeat type feel of launching themselves Mm. out into the water. Uh, So the idea was if you could land on one of the four stars that were out there, that would determine your putting position for the hole. Both of them ended up on the same star, which was the Genie Mai star, the second one out. So they were both starting from the same putting position. Jamie had a way better run getting around kind of all the berms and ended up with a fairly straight shot where Casey definitely had a shot at the hole, although he was behind one of the berms and just couldn't play all those angles correctly. Jamie knocks hers down with a very pretty putt. And we have our very first winner of season four in episode one and that was jamie jacobs i think it's jacob but they said it a few times yeah and it's kind of hard like the names of the people and sort of who they are they just kind of fly by it so i just saw her on instagram too and you'd think i would do better research (laughs) for this sort of stuff so jamie i apologize but you are an awesome winner and great putting yeah and uh the one thing i wanted to comment on i mentioned earlier was just uh, right away mentioning that this is really cool in this episode that we got to see four new holes essentially trap tease Polcano because they did a lot of fixing with it and we'll talk about it maybe a little bit more later in the season but the most violent holes back and 
maybe a little even harder to do, but we'll see how it plays out in some other episodes. And then the last two that Pat mentioned, Full Mooney and Hollywood. Uh, We had the return of Cornhole, Double Dutch and Fuego, and Donut Hole that were all in season three. Although I will say that Donut Hole, I think, had probably some of the least appearances in season three. So I'm hoping they use it a few more times. And as I mentioned, Trap T is at is as hard to say as it looks like it is spelled out in the big sign above the hole, but it's a cool circus-themed hole. We only had one other circus-themed hole that was in the semifinal of the finale of season two in Clowning Around. This one, they have a lot of cool little set pieces. If you look really close off to the side, they have a big striped yellow and red kind of ramp that you can play off of. You're really using the same structure that they used on Holy Matrimony and the new hole, Hollywood, where you're jumping it over the water onto an island. The only difference is your ramp is that half loop that they've used in the past on Surf and Turf and whatever the water hazard hole was on season two. You're just kind of hitting the ball with your back to the hole and you're just kind of sending it over. It's a it's a challenging, it's a challenging little hole. I'm kind of surprised that neither of them went out, but it seems that there's like a clear like shield that keeps the ball from flying way out of bounds. We'll be interesting and see if the ball can also go flying. Well, no, we did have the ball fly back in the water. That's right. See, that's where I'm getting (laughs) Hollywood and that confused because I like stopped and rewatched and I was like, is there something stopping the ball from going further? Because they didn't actually hit the ramp that you'd be going off of. In either situation, there's like clearly another barrier there. So as I mentioned earlier, I didn't even mention in the play that the tiger mom went in the water and that was pretty much the difference uh, maker for her to lose to Nick on trap tease. It was, you know, a hole that just had a lot going on and a lot visually to look at with the circus theme and lots of cool things going on in the trapeze obstacle where they had the trapeze artist as a dummy uh, with a Rob Riggle face. They clearly had some people that help people with getting on the trapeze and kind of set up the timing as you saw with our tiger mom didn't really help her out enough where she really ate it into the water reminded me of alexis in season one of holy moly that uh kind of ate it on mount holy moly on the zip line it looks like a really hard obstacle i'll be really curious to see if someone can land that one it's both a timing and just, you know, flying in the air and grabbing something. But at the very least, you're not grabbing a big pole and it doesn't seem to be moving at a violent speed. Kind of like it. I have some, I have very little hope that it will be a thing that the contestants can really pass. I'll be excited if someone does beat it, but I don't know. What did you think about Trap Tease? Uh, speaking as somebody who has no upper body strength, I'm really happy that I didn't have to do it yeah. because it does. Yeah. The combination of having to hold on to that timing and then grabbing that dummy is actually going to be, a, I feel like, a lot harder than yeah. Volcano even because y- you've got such little surface area. Yeah. And you've really got to grab onto it versus using your body. But I mean, yeah, maybe we'll see somebody. I would love if they put like some real acrobatic type person on there <laughs> to see what we could do. I'm sure there's somebody in the lineup that's got skill set there. But I, I do like I like the creativity. I mean, certainly wouldn't it have been something I ever thought of for a hole and Mm-mm. I imagine for the backstop they must use just whatever they had for like put the plank 
you know, that was over there when John Lovitz was firing <laughs> shots all over the place. See, see, this is where my nerdy brain goes really into work. So, A, I had been on set on season two, so I'd seen it. That was more of that, like, weird netting that they use, like, when you see, like, little battlefield setups at, like, paintball places, like, that that weird netting. This just looked like like clear plexi or something that they were using there to keep the ball from going. Either way, production, they're smart. They figure yeah. this stuff out. They they work it out. And uh, kudos to them. I'm, I'm excited to see this one. And hopefully they use it a lot this season, given that it's the first time that it's shown up. But let's jump into the other big thing with this season four that we've alluded to a few times, the Muppets. I think we're just going to each episode probably comment on some Muppet bits because... It's in this season and it's super cool. Like we're in the extended Muppet universe. If we can make some like weird Kevin Bacon-esque connections. So like we're related on some level to Fozzie Bear, which I love. There was one bit where they're trying to figure out with Fozzie, Riggle and Fozzie were trying to figure out like what's going to be the finale hole. And I have my theory on that. My theory is... They're going to go the whole season trying to figure out what should the final hole be, and it's just going to repeat what they did in season three, and it will have the whole same setup as they had with season two with Never TT. Big buildup, total disappointment. It's all kind of in the DNA of what they're trying to do this season is make fun of themselves and say, maybe we're going to get canceled. And then at the end of the season, they'll probably do casting for season five and six, or at least we hope. The thing I really liked... During that whole conversation, it was either the one with Fozzie or with uh, Camilla Animal and the Swedish chef. They're just like spitballing things. And on the board, it said, is hole in one a thing? (laughs) And I don't know why, but it just reminded me of people in like creative sessions where it's like, there's no bad idea. Just throw (laughs) stuff out there. And is this a thing? And I don't know. That made me laugh. It's such a good... Because, like, you think about so much of the Muppets history has been about, like, either being on the brink of canceled or pulling the band to get, you know, like, that. that's kind of the that's their, their DNA. Even their reboots of everything that they've done over the years has always been around, like, this fledgling thing. And, you know, especially, what is it Muppets Take Manhattan or, like, no, the great Muppet movie, like, the Muppet movies about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so there's, that's just, like part of what they've always done and to bring it over here is just it's brilliant and you're like yeah those behind the scenes thing and kermit just like i think of the i can't remember what they call it, it was just the muppets but whatever the recent reboot they did that was kind of like a, a 30 rock with the muppets had that oh, same yeah. like writer's room feeling and it's just it, it's it's so good when you can see a creative team really knows what they're doing and even for a bit where what they were probably only on the episode for four minutes in total you know for this episode um and they they just brought it and i just and i love kermit and i can't wait to see some of the stuff in the the future episodes with him doing some of the announcing because yeah i think tess actually made of uh, tweeted about this about like being replaced but he's o- almost a better foil for Riggle <laughs> than Tessator is and I, I just the, the that even that opening with the the deadpan kind of sitting there it, that part really makes me feel good and I, I think you're right too like the whole cancel and then we'll see cast I mean in some ways you sit there and go you know, having the Muppets is kind of an investment like I don't 
see yeah. them doing that as kind of the throwaway last season, hopefully. And maybe it's just a thing where they're going to have more synergy in future seasons and using the Muppets as a stand-in when they knew that they were filming during COVID and so that they could fill in a lot of little vignettes and bits throughout the year. It works pretty well. I'd be cool if they tie in maybe now that they're running more parallel to the NBA playoffs that they do something with them since they're on ABC or maybe there's some other shows on ABC. I'll be honest. I don't watch anything (laughs) on ABC and everything that I've watched after ABC and on Holy Moly after the episodes are over, they've been kind of canceled. Like they just they don't make it. They're tr- they've been trying to do game shows, and I think Holy Moly works because it's not a traditional run-of-the-mill game show. Yeah. but Well, and it's also Disney, too. So, I mean, I yeah. think now that... And they've brought in... I mean, obviously, they had done the Bachelor episode in season two. But, I mean, this is big franchise stuff, and maybe it opens the door to a lot more Disney to tie-ins. I mean, it is a family show, after all. Yeah. Marvel, Simpsons... There's Star Wars. Of, I mean, Star Wars. There's a, like a million bits of IP, but Pixar. We played a mini golf course a couple weeks ago. That was Pixar. So, how did you do on that one? Um, I will never play that course again. It's probably one of the few Disney things that really rubbed me the wrong way. At the end of the day, beautiful design, but oof. It, it's, it's the best looking, poorest playing course you'll ever find. Some of you in the Chicago area, it's coming your way. If you want to play it with the notion that the gameplay is not good, but it looks beautiful, go for it. If you get frustrated with fussy courses, this one is one to avoid. Yeah. Like play it's it going to drive you. Um, have a beer or two beforehand. Mandy did. Mandy and I did that right because there was a parking lot bar that we That's right. <laughs> had a beer at, which was amazing. God bless San Antonio. Um, I'm I'm going to credit my 7-Eleven pickle in a bag <laughs> snack yes. as uh, my superpower that helped me win that round, even though I completely ate it and maxed out on the last <laughs> hole the up house like i just could not get the ball to sit in there and literally everybody else did it but anyways let's get back to a little bit of holy moly and uh pat we're gonna do this kind of every episode but why don't you tell me about some of your like favorite and least favorite moments of the episode as we're kind of trying to avoid going into each little putt and dissecting it and more kind of doing Big picture stuff. So the good and the bad. The good and the bad. Episode yeah, one. and I know you had this one too. The car at the beginning. That was a beautiful car. Loved it. The blue, actually the blue, same blue, I think you hear almost of your sweatshirt that you're wearing right now, which is a holy moly sweatshirt. It was pretty close. Little lighter, but, little lighter, but I would drive that car it, in a heartbeat. We alluded to the, the Swedish chef fit. I mean, I just... I love the Swedish chef and I don't know what his pitch was because we never got the translation, but it was enthusiastic. And speaking of through lines, like I really hope at some point we get a banana on the hole for animal. I mean, we've got a whole season to make that happen. So let's just see it. But then when it came to the show, I mean, there was actually some pretty good putting overall from a lot of the contestants. I mean, we had close to hole in ones. We had, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff multiple ones that that hit the pin and stuff so i think that was a really good showcase from the good side 
um, the bad, and I was you know, trying to stay away from some of the stuff that you are going to talk about too, but I worry about Donut Hole because they did the infamous like cut to commercial, come back and don't play. I think it's just a bad hole at the end of the day for TV. Like you said, we hadn't seen anybody mm-hmm. do it. I don't think anybody's going to do it. And I think it's just going to get the sweet spot like, you know shaft of we're going to play this really quickly um and I'm, unless the, you know it could have been something for that episode too that was weird with production but having seen it before and it's just like it kind of sucks because it's it so clearly sticks out that they do that compared to all of the other holes on the episode and i feel bad for the people mm-hmm. who play it because you just you get the short end of the stick yeah gabriel who had some pretty awesome blue pants that we did a little live discord thing uh, for walkabout where myself pat and aaron from o street and the ama talked live while the episode was happening i noticed he had some really sharp blue pants and they go to a commercial break and we come back and gabriel misses his putt and it was very clear that they went to a putt off and maybe it took a while but I don't know. I I think there's a better way to show the play and all the and, and have it go all the way through, especially in that scenario. I think other ones maybe people really just beef it and they're hitting like a million putts. I think I'm with you on the car. The car is amazing for the good. I love the Fozzie and Riggle interaction. I thought it was super hilarious them spitballing ideas. And then the new and revamped holes, Polcano's new little changes, at least on the visual side of things and the way that they use the putting side after you uh, go through the Polcano. I like those. So kudos to them. They, when they add new holes, we get really excited about it. I hope they really kind of break it out. And the thing that didn't really work for me, that's kind of not worked in general across the show is that the storytelling of the competitors is still really lacking. It's very like one note. I was surprised because we know people like Aaron from O Street that met Matt Miller, follow him on social media because we knew that he was going to be on season four a while ago and he does stand up comedy and they just talked about him doing pool. And this is one of those dirty secrets that we know that everybody who's been on the show probably did hours and hours and hours worth of interviews and they feed you lines and they're trying to like put you in you're the blah 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 or the this and that of that and that listen to the episodes going forward and you'll pretty much see that and yeah the people that they're getting on it by and large are not actors although folks like Casey he's a comedian an actor and I think there were a couple other people when you start to look at their bios you're like hmm Surprising a lot of actors on unscripted TV show. <laughs> Go figure. But, you know, if you're making a TV show, you want to have people that know how to move in front of the camera. I did not know how to do that. I had a really hard time in my interviews and curious someday if I could ever see what was on the cutting room floor <laughs> of those because I was tired. I was nervous. And I don't know. It's like, what do you do? You know, the. There was some movie where like Will Ferrell didn't know like what to do oh, with well, his hands and his no not days of, that Step Brothers no it's uh, I was gonna say Days of Thunder but that's the other race car um oh Talladega Nights Talladega Nights yeah he was just, like holding the mic like I'm doing you know he's just like didn't know what to do in an interview and that was like that was me interviewing on Holy Moly I'm sure but first episode pretty good I'm hoping that. 
They can have the momentum through the season. They usually put the first episode is the one with the most drama on all of the seasons, uh, and you get the most amount of new holes. So be interesting to see where it holds up. But ultimately, I was excited to see. I think it was either a Hollywood Reporter or another piece that you had shared with me, Pat, that referenced both the season five and six from some of the creators. So we shall see. Uh, we'd be excited to be talking about the show for quite a while down the road. But uh, any other thoughts about this episode, Pat? No, I think we, we hit all the high points. Excited to see what the season brings. Well, then let's talk about a big day coming up, at least in North America, which is National Mini Golf Day or National Miniature Golf Day, which is the second Saturday in May every year. Yeah, so this is actually, this is the worldwide one because I know from uh, World Mini Golf Sport Federation or the WMF, we're looking to celebrate that one. So quick pitch, we're about 10 days out from that. Like Tom said, it's the 14th. And if you're listening to this, we're really just trying to get everybody to share even if they don't play mini golf on that day, some sort of photo, media, social media, do the hashtag National Miniature Golf Day. And we would love if you search out and if you're not already following the World Mini Golf Sport Federation to find us, tag us. We're going to try to reshare a whole bunch and just, you know, make it a big holiday for us. And this is the first time Holy Moly has been running during it. So it's a nice little tie in for everything. We're going to try to ride some of that popularity worldwide. Yeah, last year, Robert and I went out and played a round of mini golf with Cuckoo Kangaroo. Maybe I'll give Brian and Neil, Neil a call. But I don't know what we're going to do yet. We're going to be playing in a little tournament a couple days before, but we're hoping just to get out and play. The big thing that we're doing is that we have a new mini golf is for everyone design that we'll be sharing out that we're going to have on a t-shirt. I think we've shared out maybe the design on stickers, but probably not. It's super cute. It's an amazing illustration by this guy named Dan that Robin knows from the International Society of Caricature Artists, which she is involved with and just excited to get that out in the world. So National Miniature Golf Day, go out play some mini golf and celebrate the season early. So now we're on to Big Thoughts Mini Golf. We're recording this on May 4th, so may the 4th be with you. One of my favorite co-branding things of all time is the combination of Lego and Star Wars that started in the late 1990s when episode one came out. Looking back, it's a no-brainer, but at the time it was revolutionary and honestly was one of the things that helped change the course of LEGO into the behemoth that it is today. So it really warms my heart to see that we've got the Muppets and Mini Golf together, not only through Holy Moly, but as we've talked about in previous episodes, there's going to be the partnership with Walkabout and Labyrinth coming this summer. As Kermit the Frog once said, for me, the best part of creativity is collaborating with friends and colleagues. Mine happen to be bears, pigs, rats, and penguins, but you go with what works for you. These types of creative collaborations bring so much joy to people and families. So go out and find your collaborative bear, pig, dog, or hey, even a penguin, and bring people some joy. And before we go, we have some sad news to share. Our hearts and thoughts go out to the family of season one competitor, Allison Bach, from Georgia who passed recently. Allison made it to the final of her episode with Mick Cullen in season one and by all accounts was a very sweet person. Rest in peace, Allison. And with that, we're at the 19th hole. So until next time, put one ready. <laughs>